Good morning. It's good to see all of you on this day here at First Community Church where we gather to share and celebrate in the presence of God's Spirit, the presence of each other, and to offer ourselves in worship in this festival music service of worship. I want to give you a couple of, of instructions, if I may, as we begin. Number one, please, if you would, hold all applause until the very end, until the postlude is completed. Also note that the benediction will be given while we're all standing. After the amen has been said, if you would please be seated at that point. You'll find an envelope that's there with your bulletin, uh, inserted in the bulletin. All the offerings received in those envelopes this morning will go to support our music ministry to help us put on worship services like the one you're experiencing today. Also want to remind you that this is the month of October and we are in the middle of our stewardship campaign, our All Good Gifts campaign. If you still need a pledge card or an envelope in which to turn that in with, you can find those out in the Unity Law Lounge after the service. We'd love for all of you to participate. And then finally, as we enter into this time of worship, I'd invite you to, with me, breathe in deeply the Spirit of God and exhale the anxieties and worries of the day and prepare ourselves for the presence of God.
Levites were stationed in the house of the Lord with symbols, according to the commandment of David and of God. The whole assembly worshipped, and the singers sang and the trumpeters sounded. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise God with the sound of the trumpet. Praise God on the stringed instruments and the organ. Praise God upon the loud cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.
good to have you with us this morning. At the risk of contradicting myself, if the young children wish to leave for their Sunday school classes now, they may do so. But it's good to have you with us. Will you join with me in the prayer of praise? Throughout the ages, human beings have turned to music as a means of addressing the sacred mystery that surrounds us whether in moans of lament or shouts of praise, we have given voice to the deepest longings of our hearts. We are the singers, O God, and you are the songs. When people who once were slaves in Egypt escaped into newfound freedom, Miriam took her timbrel in hand to lead them in rejoicing. When Saul was troubled, David played the lyre for the refreshment of his spirit. When bread and wine have been shared in Passover remembrance, your people have chanted psalms together before departing into the night. In family dwellings and rented rooms, in houses of worship or in the temple of nature, Wherever your people have gathered, we have lifted our voices in petition and thanksgiving. May we, too, find our places in that great symphony of witnesses who cry out for joy within your courts.
reading of Psalm 99 in Hebrew scripture in a contemporary rendering by Nan Merrill. Awaken, O you people, and trust your hearts to love. For the beloved reigns supreme. Let all the earth give thanks. Your unseen presence is great in the land. You sit with the leaders of nations. Let them be silent and guided by your voice. Holy are you. You are mighty and love justice. You establish equity. Out of the silence, your word can be heard in the land, inviting the nations to live in peace. Listen, O oh you people. Open your hearts to the beloved, that truth may be born anew. Many who have gone before you followed the beloved's voice, the unknown saints of all generations. They surrendered themselves into the beloved's hands and walked with confidence. They were guided through difficult times, keeping love's way and trusting in love's promises. O oh, heart of all hearts, you answered their prayers with mercy you forgave them their wrongdoings, always inviting them to new life. Sing praises to the beloved and aspire to ascend the holy mountain. Holy are you, O giver of life. Holy are you.
join me please in the reading of the Psalter. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, indeed it faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise.
As I mentioned earlier this morning, we are in the middle of our stewardship campaign, All Good Gifts. And on this day, Mike and Molly Zook come to talk to us about why they share with this congregation. Mike and Molly, please. Good morning. Mike and I come to First Community Church from very different backgrounds. He's what uh, those of us that come to First Community at a different time in our life call lifers. And I was raised about as Catholic as you can be, complete with nuns upstairs from my high school. I first came to First Community Church when Mike and I started dating and I kind of lost my faith basically in organized religion and I was instantly in love with First Community Church. Though we come from these different backgrounds, we arrive at the same place as why we give to First Community Church. We want to preserve this community of love, support, and action for others, and most importantly, for our children and our future. When I was, well, when we uh, were writing out um, what we loved about First Community Church, some of the words I saw the most were acceptance and action. We love that our church is one of action. We take part in uh, Sunday school, our daughter never wants to miss church. We must be doing something right. Um, midweek missions, children's choir, feeding the homeless, Camp Akita, bringing Glennon Doyle to speak, all these things are great actions of our church. We also love the fact that our kids are accepted for their true selves. They know that they are enough. And in turn, our children have only grown up with this thinking. Our children accept others for who they are. They do, it doesn't matter what they look like, what they believe in, or who they love. Our kids are free to be loved, or free to love and be loved without judgment. Everyone should know that they are this loved and that they are enough. First Community Church has been a part of my life for 30 years, and uh, there's lots of different reasons why we uh, pledge our support to First Community, but this quilt probably represents the most important thing for me and for us. Um, when our son George was born, he had some heart defects, and uh, we found out when he was three months old that he was going to have to have uh, open heart surgery. So this church made this quilt for him, and so leading up to that surgery, we slept with it to, so that it would smell like something familiar to him. We wrapped him up in it to carry him into the hospital, and he was able to have this in the surgery room for his six-hour surgery. And then when he came out of surgery, this was covering him on his bed in ICU um, while he recovered. And uh, it literally uh, covered him with prayers and with love from everybody in this amazing church community. Um, so today we, we ask that you join with us um, in supporting First Community Church to continue the love and the acceptance and the action of this amazing place. Thank you.
us pray to the God who guides and keeps us. Eternal spirit, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echo through the universe, the way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world, your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. We give gifts in so many ways. Uh, we today have the gift of, of music and always the gifts of prayer and preaching and the word of God. So we ask you today to bring your gifts. There are two ways. First, you have a special envelope in your bulletin, which uh, is for special offerings that support music services like this one. If you prefer not to use the envelope and put your offering directly in the plate, that goes to support the church. That makes all this possible and does a lot of other important work too. So will you bring your gifts and share with your church and the world?
the gifts are presented would all rise in body or in spirit. And let us pray. All good gifts come from you, O God, and you reveal glimpses of your grace through them. We have heard your call, beckoning us to a life of love and service. Here, in daily, persistent, and sometimes courageous ways, we offer our lives for your service. We ask your blessing on these gifts and upon us and your continued grace to direct our reading from the Gospel of Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Many years ago, Julie and I determined that we would give away 10% of our income. We've done it so many years now, it's almost become a habit, a regular part of what we do, almost unconsciously without thinking. Except there are those moments when I wonder if we shouldn't hold back a little bit. You know, there's that really nice looking suit that I wanted and I could hold a little bit of that gift back here and maybe a little bit over here and, well, I don't think we're alone. My friend Adam uh, tells a story about Peter Marshall, the time that he was the chaplain to the United States Senate. One of the persons who was under his care came to see him. He said, Pastor Marshall, I, I have a concern. All my life, I've been a tither, a giver, a, a, somebody who gives 10% to my church, but I've discovered that now that I'm making more, it's more difficult to give that much money. He said, I'm making $500,000 a year now, and that $50,000 gift is just too large. Can, can you help me? The pastor said, I, I might be able to. I don't really have any advice, but perhaps we could pray about it. The man said, sure, please, let, let's do. And Peter began in a very strong voice. Gracious God, please help this man's salary be reduced <laughs> so that he can tithe again. Just, just a word there, be careful about coming to see your pastor, just so you know. You never quite know what the conclusion will be. I love what Adam said to me after he told me that, told me that story. Our thinking seems to change the more our income grows. That's what the story that Jesus told was about. It's as though the more we get, the more we want, and there's never quite enough. But there was advice this morning in the final line of the anthem that we just heard. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. One of the simplest yet most faithful acts of being a follower of Christ is to trust, to trust in God to trust in the ways and the teachings of Jesus. In fact, I would suggest to you today that you take your bulletin home. Don't recycle it. Don't put it in the trash as you walk out. Never put it in the trash. Always recycle. But today, take it home with you. Take those words and cut them out and underline them. Put them on your, on your refrigerator. Stick them on your bathroom mirror. 
Maybe type them into your computer and post them on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever it is that works for you. See them every day. Oh Lord, I have trusted in Thee. In that simple act of trust, I'm certain you'll discover a, a spirit of gratitude, of thanksgiving, where every breath in is a breath of the presence of God and every breath out is the release of anxiety and fear, worry and anguish. The simplest act of Christian faith is to trust God. The man in the story that we heard this morning from Jesus is the opposite of this truth. He trusts in no one but himself. He trusts in no one, no one, but the man he sees in the mirror. And in fact, did you notice in the story, he talks to himself all the way through. He even talks to his soul. I'm not quite sure how we do that, but he does it in this story. In fact, I counted it up. The words I and my appear 11 times in just three verses. He worships a holy trinity named me, myself, and I. That's the only thing he cares about, is himself. 100% of his anxiety, 100% of his concern is focused on himself. He stores up as much as he can. He's never quite got enough, and so he builds bigger and larger barns for more and more and more. And then, suddenly, tragically, his life is over. But look at the story. Was he a bad person? No. Was he an evil person? No, of course not. He's successful and well-established. He's got it all, but it's not enough. It's not enough. And when his life is over, what does God call him? It's an ugly, horrible name. Fool. Now, let's be clear. Does, does God dislike people who save money? No, 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 not at all. This story is a tale, a parable about priorities, about what matters the most in this life. Two chapters before, Jesus has a conversation with a man who says to him, Lord, tell me, what do I need to do to have life, to be fully alive? And Jesus says, there are just two things. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Do these things and you'll have life, life abundant, rich with possibility. Do them, do them now. And you won't even have a second thought about eternity because you'll already be living in the presence of God's eternal and gracious love. It's enough. There was a preacher I know who was in Ethiopia. The preacher was overwhelmed by the, what he called the grinding poverty that just ground people down. But a holy man that he encountered said to him, I understand how you feel and what you see, but we know this. In the West, you Westerners, you count your wealth by your possessions. Here, we measure our wealth by our friendships. And it's enough. That instruction is so simple. It's so clear. At, at the end of our days, no one, really no one, will remember the things that you had. But they'll know and they'll be surrounded by the love that you give. That gift is enough. It is enough.
Sisters and brothers, as we leave this place, breathe in the love of God, breathe out the grace of Christ, and know that the comfort of the Spirit is with us always. Amen.